Hello there and welcome to the Every Ounce Podcast. Here we talk all things mental health, wellness, and resilience. I'm your host Lexi and I'm determined to bring you a one-stop shop for all things related to mental might. Join us for talks about naps and fruit snacks to the most real and raw conversations of life. This is where you will find community, validation, and most importantly, strength. Okay, welcome to the podcast. If I am being 100% honest, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) For all I know, my equipment might not even be set up right and I am probably in way over my head, but here I am. It has been a long time coming, but I am overall just stoked to be here and to try something new and to kind of explore a whole new side of this mini brand that I've um, started to create. The first person that ever told me that I should start a podcast was after one of my very first speaking events. And this lady comes up to me and she's like, you should, you should do a podcast. And I was like, why in the world would I have a podcast? Like, what would I even say? Like, what would I talk about? Like, I can speak for 45 minutes, an hour, 75 minutes, even 90 minutes sometimes, but having episode after episode, like, why, why would I have a podcast? That was even before I had an Instagram. And time and time again, since creating my Instagram, the encouragement to start a podcast just kept on coming. Um, I was totally at random asked to be on another podcast. And then from there, I was asked to be on another podcast and another podcast. So I'm used to this whole interviewee thing, but I'm not used to be on the other side of the mic. I'm, I'm just not familiar with it. But anyway, I I just felt like there were enough podcasts to kind of go around and that everything that I had to say would just be a reiteration of of other things that everyone else has said in some way um, out there. And that's honestly the same reason that it took me so long to start an Instagram. I was highly encouraged to get on social media about you know, for advocacy about about my mental health and um, just to kind of share my story in general um, and to offer my suggestions to other people. And it took me a long time to get on Instagram because that same thought process went through my mind. In my mind, there was millions of accounts. There was millions, maybe not millions, but definitely plenty of recovery accounts and recovered accounts and mental health accounts out there, I didn't feel like I had anything to add. And if I'm being 100% honest, that might be the case. There might not be anything new in this podcast or anything new on my Instagram that you can't find elsewhere. I might not be the original person to come up with these ideas or to think of these suggestions. But the reality is, is that I have learned so much. And even if it's only benefiting me, so be it. So I downloaded 
um, I downloaded the Anchor, the Anchor app in March of this year, and I've been ready for a podcast. I have recorded several intros over the last several months, but I never actually published them or, you know, saved them, but I finally decided to let go of that perfectionism and that fear that I might not be successful and just try. This is totally out of my comfort zone, but I reminded myself that I am here to bless, not to impress, and that's something that has kind of stuck with me. I'm learning so much as I go, so please bear with me. I'm not a tech guru. I have had to have a lot of help with what equipment I need and how to get everything set up. I still don't know how the editing process really goes. That's to tackle after this is recorded. And distribution is a whole other a whole other problem to tackle. Um, but here I am and I'm showing up and I'm showing up for you. But before I get into my mental health story, I kind of want to take a minute and just introduce who I am. I'm your host and I want you to be able to know me. Um, I know I'm just through whatever device you're listening on. Um, maybe that's your phone, maybe it's a tablet, maybe a computer, whatever it is, but I'm I'm a real human being sitting in a real apartment, but I am a real human being <laughs> sitting here recording this for you, thinking about all of the different possibilities of where you could be. Maybe you're in your car, maybe you're getting ready for the day. Maybe you're listening right before you go to bed. Um, who knows? I don't know your situation. I don't know your story. But I want to get to know you, if at all possible, and your stories. And that's what this is all about. My name's Lexi. I am currently a student at Utah Valley University. I am studying psychology. And I hope to um, obtain a master's degree in mental health counseling. I graduated with my associates from Weber State. Um, I obviously grew up in Utah, Kaysville, Utah is my is my home. Um, and I am currently fulfilling my educational dreams and working towards that career that I've always wanted. I am obsessed with fruit snacks. That is one thing that you should know about me and I will never turn down an opportunity to take a nap. On my Instagram, if you follow me, you know that I'm a big supporter of crumble cookies and fizz drinks. And no, that's not sponsored. I'm a walking advertisement for both of them and um, happy to do so. <laughs> I totally love both of those things, but I also play piano. I love to do yoga, and I am super passionate about mental health. And all of that, my, my passion for mental health came from my story. I didn't just develop that out of thin air. And I guess many of you may have heard my story in the past, but... Um, for those of you that haven't, I am going to um, briefly share it with you. 
growing up, I was very active. Um, I was into soccer and dance and I was very perfectionistic in school. Everything was very neat and tidy. Um, my schoolwork was on point. Um, everything was just awesome. And as I grew up, everything was fine and dandy. Um, seventh grade was a really, really hard year for me. I started to develop some depression, but at the time I wasn't really sure what it was. And I don't think anybody else recognized it. Um, I didn't really show that side to anyone else or admit that I was struggling. But looking back, I can easily pinpoint the symptoms of depression that I was experiencing then. Um, even to the point of mild su suicidal ideation. Um, but it came and went and I continued on. And then in the middle of ninth grade, I set a goal. I was 14 at the time and it was January 1st of 2017. I made a goal that I was going to be healthy. I was going to be healthier than I was. And what's important to note is that everything was totally rational. It made perfect sense. It was logical. It was smart. Everything that you could imagine, it was it was a perfectly appropriate goal, but I didn't really have any boundaries of what that goal was going to look like. I didn't have an amount that I wanted to weigh or a calorie count that I was going to eat or a number of times that I was going to exercise. All I knew that was what I had been taught was that to be healthier, I needed to exercise more and eat less. And just as a little spoiler alert, that's totally incorrect. I have now learned <laughs> the hard way. But um, I had a fitness tracker at the time. And I tracked everything on my fitness tra tracker. I tracked my water intake, my food intake, my sleep schedule, um, all of the different exercises that I that I did in a very interesting way. I recorded everything almost twice. I recorded everything in my Fitbit and my fitness tracker, as well as on like my meal plan that I had created for myself. I did hours and hours of research on exercise and um, calories and foods and so much research. I spent so much time um, worried about my health. I would weigh myself multiple times a day, track that on my fitness tracker as well. And slowly but surely, I just started to restrict. I had a calorie goal in mind after it started as just tracking calories with no goal. And eventually I attached a goal to that. And, um, then the restrictions kind of started to come, avoided foods started to occur, bad foods in my mind, um, what we call fear foods, my list of fear foods really started to grow and I lost weight exponentially. By about July, 
I knew that I had a problem with food. I recognized that it wasn't normal to be experiencing what I was and that most people didn't spend so much time worried about food or their weight. And it kind of, it really shocked me because I wasn't sure what to do and I didn't know who to go to or how to approach them or what to say. And so I just kept on going down the same road that I had been on because that's all I knew how to do. And at this point in time, I wasn't thinking rationally enough to really evaluate what was best for myself. And eventually, my friends and my family kind of started to catch on. They started to notice the frailness of my body and and my bones They started to notice my personality changing and my energy level decreasing. And particularly my parents were concerned for my my health and my well-being. Um, I had a doctor's appointment in October, on October 9th. And that's the day that I was formally diagnosed. Um, But the day before, my mom came down and talked to me because I, I just wasn't eating very much that day and she was trying to encourage me to do so and I refused and she came down to my room and talked to me and she just asked me, she said, hey Lexi, are we dealing with a potential eating disorder? And all I did was just nod my head yes and cry and I don't remember what else was said that night, but I remember going to bed with so much hope, knowing that however much money it was going to take, however much time it took, however much support I needed, whatever was necessary, we were going to get through this. And I'm forever grateful for that feeling of hope. And I'm forever grateful for the blessings that I have and the privilege that I have because not everybody has that. Not everybody has those resources or those means for recovery. And then the following morning, I woke up and I went to school. I was checked out of second period. I What then occurred was not what I expected, but I came in and they took my height, they took my weight, all that jazz. The pediatrician sat me down and she said, Lexi, I am so glad you came in. She said, you're just, you're just sick. I'm really glad that we caught this. And I'm going to have you go to Primary Children's Hospital, which is in Salt Lake. And I just cried and cried because I was fearful. I had never been to a hospital before, really, um, for something like this. And I was, I was just scared at how bad my condition was and what could what the future could hold and then she talked to my mom alone for a little while and I sat in the room by myself just crying um just looking around the room wondering what in the world I was gonna do and my mom came back in just sobbing (laughs) and she just hugged me and she said Lexi I am so sorry I didn't know it was this bad. And eventually we both left and we drove home. We packed my things 
And before we left my room, we said a little quiet prayer. And then I went up the stairs and my sister was coming in the door and I didn't want to see her. I didn't want to hug her. Um, but she came in and we had our bags packed. My mom had her purse in hand and my mom just told her, she said, we're taking Lexi to primary children's. She's been diagnosed with anorexia. And that's the moment that it became all too real for me. And my sister gave me a hug and I didn't hug her back because I was scared that she would feel how small my body was. I was just very frightened at what was to come. We drove to primaries and <laughs> we actually got off on the wrong exit once and <laughs> Google Maps had to help us get back. But um, anyway, that's a little side story there. We made it, I was admitted and everyone at primaries treated me with so much respect and care and I will forever have a very special place in my heart for them. Um, there I had an NG feeding tube placed, which went up my nose and then down my throat and into my stomach. And I had that for the following four months, um, 24-7. It was taped to the side of my cheek. I was in primaries for six days and then I went home um, with my feeding tube. And I just did like outpatient services where I had a big pole in my room next to the side of my bed where we kind of hooked up my feeding tube and like the night feeds. And on top of that, I followed a full meal plan from my eating disorder dietitian. I met with a therapist every week. I met with my pediatrician regularly and on went the process of recovery. There was definitely a point in time when I did not want to recover. I didn't want to. Having an eating disorder was easier in many ways than recovery was. Now, looking back, I still, that's still the case. That's still true. And I completely understand if you're going through an eating disorder, why you may feel that way. But the reality is, is that an eating disorder is not sustainable and it's hard and it's harder than recovery for a long period of time. But what is hopeful is that once you reach full recovery, it's so much better and it's so worth the process. Even though it's brutal and complex and you oftentimes might be very frustrated and defiant, I get that. And I understand what you're going through because I've been there I've stood where you've stood and I've thought what you've thought. And still, I tell you that recovery is worth it. Trust me when I tell you that. Throughout my recovery, there were also some points of developing depression and thoughts of suicide, which was taken care of, um, you know, respectfully in its own matter of time, which I am more than happy to get into on a different episode. But it was rough. Recovery was really, really hard, but it was most definitely worth it. Definitely worth the joy and success that I feel now. I finally had my feeding tube removed on February 7th of 2018. I was able to reach weight maintenance 
And then was when I really started to get into advocacy. My my body started to heal and my mind started to heal and I was on my way to living such a better life with so much more f- with food freedom and and just the joy of letting go of toxic perfectionism. Advocacy for me didn't come right away. It was a very slow process of me figuring out how I could contribute to this community that I've now been a part of and what I could do to kind of benefit those around me. My entire recovery process took just over a year from when I was diagnosed. The development of my eating disorder was about a year, if not two-ish years. I'm not 100% sure when it really started um, because going back in my journals, there's not really a clear timeline. Um, I often say January 1st of that year, but the, the journal entries show that it started even a year or two before that. So, the development was, was a long process. The recovery was a long process, but here I am what, two years later? I mean, three years after being diagnosed and two years of being fully recovered, here I am with an Instagram. I am a motivational speaker. I offer coaching. I have a published workbook. I am active on Instagram. I'm involved in the National Eating Disorder Association and their events. I've done legislative advocacy I wear a bunch of mental health t-shirts with pride, I might add, and I bring it up in conversations around me. That's one of the best forms of advocacy. It doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't have to be huge. It just has to be something. Advocacy doesn't require a ton of money. It doesn't require a ton of time. It just requires some passion and some effort and some sincerity. Since starting my Instagram and hopefully now from starting this podcast, I will be able to grow so much more just as a person. I have learned so much from my followers, from people that I follow, and just being a part of this community as a whole. I absolutely adore the mental health community and all that they offer me. I'm literally, I'm getting chills just talking about it. They're my people. I have found my little crew and I absolutely adore it. They've welcomed me with open arms, no questions asked, and I could not thank them enough for everything that they've offered and taught me. My overall hope with this podcast is, of course, to reach more people and to share my story, but honestly, to do a lot of listening. I don't always want to be the one chatting on and on. I want to be the one oftentimes that's learning right along with you. I have so much to become educated about and I am literally giddy about the possibility of guests that I could have in the future and the faces that I get to see and the people that I get to talk to. So let me know who you want to see on the podcast. Um, I already have a few in mind and Even with just those handful of people, I am stoked. And I think that both you and I will be able to learn 
tons of information from them. If you're still with me up to this point, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe or follow this podcast and follow me on Instagram at everyounce.ofstrength or check out my website everyounceofstrength.wixsite.com slash everyounce. I know that's a lot of information, so of course all of that will be included in the show notes. If you think someone you know would benefit from hearing this episode, please send them this podcast. Again, thank you so much for being here and supporting me in this new chapter. Until next time, may you fight with every ounce of strength.